The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We have draft results. We have fab results. We're going to talk some fab strategy. We have games this week. We got everything going on. We're going to talk about all of it next, coming up on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Come join. Happy Sunday night, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Scott Jenstead. Joined as always on, on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. If you can please rate review the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that. It helps people find the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. If you like listening to us all year, uh, give us a bunch of stars, give us a like, give us all those kind of things. Uh, we thank uh, WinBet for their sponsorship on the podcast uh, as one of the partners of the all the Rotowire Fantasy Podcast. Jeff, it is uh, somehow week one. It feels like it took forever, but it just flew once we started having uh, you know yeah. dates and spring training games. But we've got uh, we got fab results. We got a bunch of news and notes. We're going to hit the top here a lot. We got some trades. We have uh, I want to talk some fab like kind of strategy and kind of uh, you know how you do your fab stuff like that. I think it's a good thing to get and get into as we start the season. You've got a main event to talk about. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. It's a, it's a big. We've got week one strategy to talk about. Uh, we have games coming uh, in the, in three days here. I'm not ready, dude. No, I'm not either. Not remotely. I mean, it's still the hot stove league. Yeah. We're still, you know, Conforto's still unsigned. He's the, you know. Is, he, what is he doing? He's the Jody Reed winner of the year. But, you know, he, you know, the thing is, he got hurt. And that he was, was still like 85, 86 shortstop, Boston shortstop, Jody Reed reference. Well, just because of the contract. You remember uh, how that's, he turned. That's some impressive knowledge, though. Yeah. It, it, was, it was kind of a thing for a while. Like, who made the worst? contract decision turned down arbitration or whatever turned down a contract and then got some had to settle for much worse later conforto turned down the qualifying offer and can't get he's not going to get anywhere close to that now in part because he got hurt i think they released that in january in part because i think because of the qualifying offer yes. uh so, somewhere on, Tinder, on twitter Jen, dennis schroeder is really fired up the conforto's taking uh taking this uh this crown away from him after all the heat he took on twitter last year yeah, but at least he signed somewhere. Yeah, he did. Uh, and he, you know, he turned down like eighty-five million dollars or something, though. But yeah, um, I don't. I mean, who regrets that more, him or the Lakers? Uh, the Lakers probably regret a lot of things. It's been it's been beautiful, by the way. Uh, yes, they're yeah, not going to make they're not going to make the play-in game. But really, who cares? Because uh, well, I do, if you're already that bad. Right. I mean, I know this is a tangent way afar right. field. But I but... think the theory was you make the playing game and LeBron and AD take over and you win. And then, you know, you can, you can beat anybody, but like, they're not even going to make Come the top on, that's 10. a pipe dream. I agree. That's a but pipe that, dream. 
not making the top 10 is pretty embarrassing. But anyway, we can yeah, go on Lakers. It's beautiful. It's it is beautiful. It is I'll share you with that. That's kind of what we're kind of what we're going for. But uh, we got lots of baseball news. The the first one that broke, I think it was yesterday morning, was the was the uh, White Sox Dodgers trade. And I had a draft yesterday, and I was like, oh, I have no idea where Craig Kimball. Yeah, Craig that was Friday. I thought it was April oh, Fools. Yeah. Well, I thought it was Friday. an April Fools joke at first. Fools. But Craig Kimball for AJ Pollock, and suddenly you know the Dodgers with all their uh, you know Blake Trinan might close games. Maybe it'll be Daniel Hudson. Maybe it'll be Gratterall. Um, it's clearly, it's clearly Craig Kimball. Where do you put him kind of in the reliever hierarchy right now? Um, where was he getting drafts taking your draft this weekend? Because I, uh, I kind of put him in the, um, like behind Diaz and Presley kind of with Romano and Jansen when I was kind of mapping it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm behind Jansen. Okay. Um, and, and Romano too, although Romano's got the ankle now that is clouds things just a little bit. Walking, walking his dog. Yep. So supposedly, I mean, it's right up there with right. uh, Jonathan LaCroix, you know, having a suitcase fall on his shoulder thing uh, or whatever. But uh, I, the funny thing is Kimbrell went 40th overall. He was the fourth closer oh, wow. in my main on Saturday morning. Um, right. On on the best team. Uh, how much? As, as of this afternoon, that was the min pick, by the way, though. So how for much, what how, obviously, his first outing in spring was was terrible, but who cares? How much do you trust him? Like the Obviously, he fixed it last year with the walks. He struggled with the White Sox once he went there, but uh, the walks have been really bad, like three of five seasons. Uh, how, much do you, I mean, how much do you trust him? Obviously, he's on the best team in baseball. I think we can kind of say that's pretty easy. He's going to be the closer. Roberts, when he has a closer, sticks with him pretty well. Stuck with Jansen through all kinds of stuff over the last few years, uh, you know, good and bad. Um, how much do you trust Kimbrell, the pitcher, at the moment? Um, I think that I trust him less than a Roldis Chapman, who I don't trust. Oh, that's saying uh, something because you've you've been kind of a, a Chapman fader all offseason. I mean, what what has changed? He had a half a good season with the Cubs, where he was lights out, but immediately after he went to the White Sox, I mean, he had. A, I think it was more skewed a couple bad outings, but and maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's where I'm a little overly harsh. Maybe that you know I should probably be a little bit more generous to him. But the point is. He's at the back end of that top tier for me. Okay. He's not ahead of any of those other guys we mentioned. I, I although Presley's velocity thing is scary too. I mean, there's yeah. Scott, although, we find things to this be scared about everyone here. And it's, um, I mean, even even Liam Hendricks has been kind of a mess in spring training. I don't think we're super worried about that, but like yeah. I'd like to see him go out there and throw a really nice inning. We're we're past that theoretical stage now. Now we're actually finding things to worry about every around every corner, and it's beautiful. But so so someone someone you know actually jumped in the chat here, uh, Pete yes. Shaky, who I think you might have worked with for a few years. How much are we still bidding on? Yeah. Uh, still worth. So how much are you bidding on Craig, Craig Kimball in NL only league? His question is fifty percent of Fab. I would say more than that, and only it depends if you have. A zero dollar bid is a big thing for me. If you don't have zero dollar bids, maybe a little bit less, but I'm we going. Don't, it's a keeper league. Oh, uh, Peter oh, is actually, the, you guys are in this, this league. This is together. not a theoretical question. Oh, okay. uh, right. This is a real life question. Peter, I'm going to bid $53 on and Kimbrell. Exactly would, 53 and not a dollar more. You can safely <laughs> bid 54 and know that you'll get them. Uh, yeah, I would go. Uh, <laughs> I, the NL, on NL only, like you're not going to just fall into closer because they've all they're all drafted or in an auction, they're all purchased. Yeah, I'm in like the. I'm in the high 70s for something like that, probably. Because uh, so you don't play any only leagues. I do. Really? I have. I have, but I do not at the moment. Take a look at the NL closer pool. It's, it's gross. It's yeah, it's really gross. I mean, especially in our league where you know Hater was kept and right. Diaz was kept. Um, I bit up and Hater, got... Hater, Diaz, Jansen. Yep. God, Melanson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not 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 someone I want, but like. Um, no, not someone. Uh, you I know, guess you, Corey, you faded Corey, him. You was a fade yeah. for you. Scott. Corey Canable would be before Melanson. For I would me. same hundred percent. That's like four off the top of my head, and then it gets 
and then it's Kim, and it's Kimbrel. It's Kimbrel's the fifth. Kimbrel's over Knable. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, that's that's. A, I mean, and it is a league where every like closer and waiting is already gone because anybody that gets innings in an L only is, is probably gone. And there will good. be others, Scott. I mean, just look yeah. at the fab bidding from tonight, which was a half a league's worth of fab bidding. You know, and yeah. you saw and, all these speculative closers go. Yeah, the, Mar- the Marlins have six guys that might close. Yes, the we'll like, have to talk just, about that. Yeah, that was so that was a nice thing to close the night right before Fab bidding, by the way. Yeah, but give me, I mean, Kimbrel on the best team, set as the closer. I'm in the I'm in the high seventies in a league like that. I think that's accurate. You can't. You, I know you can't answer the question. It sounds like your bidding hasn't. No, happened No, I yet. will answer it because I'm a. You know, it's part of my job. Um, but the bidding hasn't happened yet. I'm not, you guys right. hasn't got. Other there. things can change. Uh, yeah. I mean, especially you know, here here's the deal. I mean, you can trade Fab in our league. So uh, as opposed to labor where you can't, um, I would know no $0 bids, no $0 bids. Cause it's a keeper league. Yeah, you know, every, sense. everybody's got to have a salary. Yeah. Uh, I probably stop around 70 okay. uh, because I want to have, I mean, we, that means season, you're missing season, out on every single significant player at the trade season, deadline. Season hasn't started yet, so like yeah. I get it. Like that's a lot. You, but, There's uh, a trade off. You get them a closer for a full season. That's worth a hell of a lot. Probably. I mean, I don't think it's probably the best player to come in the player pool this season. Right. The unless yeah. someone like gets traded within the first couple of weeks, but you're getting it for six months. I mean, right. There will, right. there could be a trade in August where, you know, someone flips legs, right. but this is someone you're getting. Well, dude, we haven't even talked about today's trade. I, I mean, know. that's the second that's, one. That's is, a, honestly, that's a, that's a straight up fair debate. Who's yeah. worth more Craig Kimber or Sean Maniah for a full season. So my, my A's continued the, uh, the, the fire. RAs, RAs. Now you, you should fully jump to off. our Padres. Yeah. I'm definitely rooting for the Padres now. Um, Sean mm-hmm. and I traded the Padres by all accounts. The seven Twitter reads like they really didn't even get that many, that good prospects for me. They're like the, the 12th and the 26th possibly. I don't know what they're doing. Like yeah. I get, they're just trying to clear the 10 million. I, I fully understand what they're doing, but like, geez, you can't even like, get a deal that anybody's excited about the prospects for. So when I guess the Padres, obviously a better situation in terms of, um, you know, team defense, offense, all the team dynamics are better. The, the park is still good, but it's not quite Oakland. I mean, Oakland's a phenomenal place to pitch. Um, how much does this move the meat the needle for you on Manaya up or down in terms of uh, like his, where you draft him compared to where you would have yesterday. Slightly up better team. Neutral to maybe slightly even down in ballpark, but the defense is going to be better. Yeah. The obviously the run support is going to be better. The bullpen should be better. Uh, just he's playing on a winning team now, or at least a team that's trying to win. And yeah, uh, I, would you have rather him gone to Minnesota or San Diego? I think it's San Diego, right? In terms of like fantasy prospects, right? Yeah, San Diego, I think. Yeah, it, it's, it makes San Diego's rotation really crowded though. I mean, Mackenzie Gore was making a bid to win a, a, a rotation spot, but that was only if they had six. Um, Although, it delays him. Yeah, Mike Clevenger is already going on the aisle to start the year. We'll True. We'll hit that too with a, with, a, with a sore knee. And Chris Paddock might get dealt. Who knows? Yeah, but, and Nick Martinez is kind of in there at the moment. I, I think yeah. Gore I think Gore starts in the minors though, right? I think so too. Yeah. I slowed my role on him like with fab bids this week and, and like – the like, yogurt, he was available, and I, I slowed my roll in the bid for him there. Um, Scarf, he was available. We haven't seen the results from Scarf yet, but uh, we have seen it from yogurt. Um, and, of course, all of the NFPC like, mains and onlines we've seen right. results from. Yeah, and a weird week of bidding, too, because there were a lot of mains a week ago, but there's been some online championships that were drafted in February, and those have a lot of stuff that's happening. you got, like, Matt Brash. You have, uh, you have CJ mm-hmm. Abrams. you got Bryson Stott. Like, a lot of the young guys that – 
we didn't know we're going to be making teams. You know, Julio Rodriguez and and Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson were already already drafted, but there's some names in there, guys that stick in there. Especially Matt Brash, he went for three twenty five in my TGFBI league, so it was a it was high bidding there. But we'll get into Fab. Um, other news, I mean, the, the biggest news of the weekend was Jacob Degrom shut down four weeks with a stress reaction in his right scapula. Um, I, I assume if we're just doing the math here, we're looking at like June first, the dead earliest on the mound in a major league game, and I think that's probably optimistic. Yep. Uh, they say, you know, four weeks without throwing, then we'll examine him again. Right. And given how this went last year, good luck trying to get good info from the Mets on this. Also true. Yep. Um, what, uh, you were drafting this weekend. Did you like, just cross him off? Was there a spot you're like, ah, he's there, I'll do it. Or just figure someone's going to take Never got to that spot. Me too. I, I had two online championships this weekend. Like I never even got to the point where I was like, oh, I wonder if I'd think about it here. Just. With a seven-man bench and no IL spots and no trading, like it's just, it's hard to start the year with a guy that's going to be yeah. two months and you have to hold. That the, the price you play, you can't, you can't be like, oh, I have a couple of gym and drop him. You don't want to use a, you know, let's say a thirteenth ordinary pick and then drop a guy. So it's, it's really tough. I um, mean, he could be the one point one for four months, but I would rather stash Tatis like, than Degrom. I don't even think that's possible now. Like I think. Yeah. Well, I think I'm what, just saying for a four month stretch. Not yeah, a, he could. Like, I just think the I think that first month is going to be short starts. But you're right; he could be I the one point one for let's see, let's say three months. He could be the one point one for three months. You're right there. Um, and he looked great in spring until this happened. I just I don't know if he can get healthy. I, I agree. Uh, he went two twenty three in my uh, main yesterday and Saturday so that's, morning. That's pushed pretty far. Then that's yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, I I could look, but that's probably close to as far as he. went. The max was two twenty five before go. tonight's results. Okay. So it's right there. Um, but it's, you know, uh, it's, I'm looking at still 225. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's probably getting to the point where I would start to think about it, but I just, I don't like starting knowing that my, I have a six, a six man bench for two months. Cause by the way, other guys are gonna get hurt too. And you're gonna have to start making some weird and tough decisions. Yeah. And I'm already learning that, uh, main one where I did take Tatis. Oh, Hey, I lost another mid, mid middle infielder in Josh Rojas fun times. Yeah. And that's a non minor one too. It's, uh, yeah, Four I mean, weeks, six weeks. Yeah, we might as well get there. I mean, he's out. He's out. The quote was, "He's out weeks, not days." So, yep. um, and with when we talk about the obliques, we know you know getting back and swinging is a really delicate, tough process. Um, do you hold you hold Josh Rojas? So far, yes, but yeah. the rule of thumb usually is one stash, but you draft one stash, right? Because other injuries come in the league. Well, this one came in the league. The problem is, like, I mean, Rojas is too good to drop. I feel like, but you know, talk to me when I lose two more pitchers. Or when there's two closers that become available and I don't have a drop. Then or, we'll I mean, see. You don't even have to get that far. Like, if you have two pitchers that are, like, at Coors and at Dodger Stadium in a week, you're like, oh, then what the heck do I do now? Then you're talking about starting something you really don't want to start. It gets tight pretty quick. Yeah, the biggest stroke of luck we, Tim and I did in that main is we took four middles after Tatis. Right. Uh, we thought Scope might play first base for us sometimes, but no, he's going to definitely be our second baseman now. Uh, we've got crop Brandon Crawford. I know you like that one. And then we've got IKF who the Yankees have nine guys for eight spots, really are five guys for four spots. If you want to just focus on the infield, yeah. but I, I think saw, he- I saw your question on Twitter. I, I think they just kind of move around. I don't think there's like a one guy. I think it's going to be a, for now yeah. I agree. Yeah. But what if, you know, you know, it, what it does is it puts you on a pressure to get off to a good start. It does. That does for sure. If you, you start and you're hitting, you know, a buck 60 by on May 12th, like maybe you're the guy that's playing twice a week. Even if you're one for 10 to start, it that's could be true. that way. The one thing I'll say is Connor Falefa is a much better defender than Glaber Torres at this point. Yeah. Uh, so I think that might help him, but yeah. yeah. 
And I, oh. I begrudgingly took DJ LeMahieu in the main because I needed a third baseman. He was way past where normally goes. I was like, all right, I guess I'll do it. Um, but yeah, I'm worried that I'm going to, you know, log on on what I don't know if they play Thursday or Friday, but I'm going to log on LeMahieu sitting. I'm going to have to make a decision right away. It's just, uh, you just hate to do that out the, out the gate. Right. Especially if it's a three game week and you're sitting yeah. the first one of those. Could be yeah, fun. It's, it's not ideal. And I, it's a good, uh, it's a good lesson. Make sure you know your rules this, uh, this week coming up. There's a lot of teams that play like Thursday, then off Friday, then Saturday, Sunday in an NFBC setting. You can on your offensive players, you can play, you set a lineup for Thursday. You set a new lineup for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So make sure you get your, your Thursday guys in. If you don't want the, the weekend, make sure you get them in on Thursday. Jumping ahead to week one tips. I like I, it. I know we're, we're all over the place. It's, it's, it's the first week of the season. Oh, I hear a cat. I hear a cat in the, in the office. Yep. Yeah, that's that the, snow, uh, snowball or butterfly. <laughs> Close. Uh, blueberry. <laughs> blueberry. Uh, as opposed to cocoa. Uh, I was, I was she's close. hungry, probably. Uh, but she'll have to wait. She's, um, she's a little pest. Another another tough injury. Lance Lynn has Ugh. a – it sounds like a small tear in his knee. But having – bad enough to have surgery. Um, he has had – it seems like a minor surgery to kind of clean it up and, and get it fixed. But no pitching for four weeks, which is another one like – it's got to be seven, eight weeks. I mean, he—it's uh, not—it's not an arm, which is good, but you know, no pitching for four weeks. You still got to ramp back up. We're probably looking at seven weeks, so that puts us like May twentieth or something before he's back. That's a—that's a big chunk of the season for Lance Lynn. It is. It is. And I was already kind of wary of him, and now obviously he's way down. You know, I think he—he got—he got—he got to—he got to three twenty-nine in the main today. Did he really? Yeah. That must have that must have been a night main because yeah, it must have been tonight because after the obviously I was drafting during that and I was I was drafting this morning and I drafted at noon and there was no news and I kept looking at him like there's just like what if it's torn was my always my thought was like maybe it's not but like he went I think he went he was ADP was seventy I think he went pick like one thirty and I was just the point where I was like uh, I just don't I don't want to click on his name and then all of a sudden see news that he's out and it turned out uh, to be that way it's, it's it sucks because it's just. If you took him last week in the you know fifth round, that's a big loss. Did you get him anywhere? Uh, I do not. I've only done I've done three NFPC drafts, but I have zero Lance Lynn to date. I have ten NFPC drafts, and I got them in a one of my first ones, like in January. The NFPC fifties, you know, the twelve teamer fifty round drafts. Are those those are no moves though, right? Best Correct. Ball? It's a draft and hold. Yeah, okay. not best ball. Oh, not best but, ball. You do set your lineup. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's tough. That's just a. I guess early in the season you probably have options, but oof, that's a, that's a it's a big loss right at the gate. It is, it is, and uh, yeah, it's just you know, he, he he's your horse sometimes. You know, he's an innings eater. You're supposed to be you know, get the accumulation of innings, and that's that's the thing that's tough. Maybe you take a chance on a riskier guy, but you back him up with Lance Lynn because you know, hey, he's going to get me right. 200 innings or close to. That was definitely that was definitely the uh, the upside of Lynn. It's interesting. We talked about Kimbrel. I want to talk about the other side of that trade real quick too. AJ Pollock went to the White Sox. I think it's a good spot. It's, uh, you know, still a crowded outfield, but I think he probably hits higher in the lineup than he would have in L.A., probably plays a little more than he does in L.A. Um, but I think that Pollock, I bumped up his value a little bit. Uh, but what do you think the Dodgers, in terms of opening up playing time there? You've got uh, Chris Taylor. you got Kevin Pillar. Um, Rob Geese in the chat asked about uh, Edwin yeah. Rios. Um, what, do you, uh, what do you feel like uh, the Dodgers kind of end up doing here? I think it's just a mix and match what they always do, right? Yeah. Uh, but Rios is definitely a part of that mix. He's raking this spring. We know what he, he's he's gonna he can't run. Um, he's gonna strike out a lot. Glove work is questionable, but man, he can mash. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any Edwin Rios so far, and I definitely want some. 
Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, and they go into cores this first weekend too. So if you want to play a little uh, strategy game, you're still drafting. Like taking taking Rios uh, for the weekend is, is a pretty nice little play, and kind of see what happens. And you know, worst case, he you know maybe he starts twice and pinch hits once, and that's not bad for the weekend. But uh, yeah. I do like Rios as a hitter. But I think you're right. I think there's gonna be a lot of mixing match. I think Kevin Pilar is probably gonna play way more than we thought he would when he first signed. I think you get a lot of Chris Taylor in left field. Um, but you're right. It's the Dodgers. They'll probably mix and match. The interesting thing about these expanded rosters, I kind of thought like, oh, there's going to be a lot of platooning and stuff. But it seems like every team's going to carry 15 or 16 pitchers. So it's going to affect pitching a lot. I don't know how much it's going to actually affect the offense because it seems like they're just kind of using all the extra spots on pitching. Yeah. When they come back to 25, though, I think they're limited to 13 pitchers, yeah, right? Yeah, they are. It goes down to 26, um, right? You might be right. I think it is. 26. I, think it's 26, I think you're right yeah. about that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but there's no there's no limit on pitchers now, but there is on starting on May 1st. Yeah. The I think Pollock is maybe tiny a tiny bit hurt by this because really? the White Sox a little bit. Well, the park is great, but I don't think he'll run. I think he'll run less. If you notice, the White Sox players have come in like with lower stolen bases than we thought. Tim Anderson aside, but like even like a guy like you know Adam Engel didn't run that much. If you look at his minor league numbers, he run like ran like crazy. Nick Madrigal didn't run that much. Yon Moncada didn't run that much. Now Moncada says he wants to run more this year. Great. They all say that in March, though. Yep. I I kind of bumped up. That's a good point. Stone base. I kind of bumped. Up. I think the playing time bumps up a little bit. I don't think. But they, DH isn't going to be available for him. Sorry to interrupt, but. Uh well, I mean, you think you got to figure he plays outfield a bunch. I don't think they want Andrew Vaughn really out there a ton. I mean, the guy played one game and got hurt out there. But yeah, um, I guess Sheets and Vaughn kind of platoon at DH, and Pollock plays in right field, and then they kind of move them around but yeah you're i mean robert and robert sorry and uh, eloy aren't sitting abreu is not sitting so um, yeah. three guys for two spots i think pollock ends up being the most of those three while he's healthy at least i mean when he's healthy he's still pretty darn good too yeah um it might squeeze it squeezes sheets for sure yeah. Definitely squeezes sheets I think and everybody was like had that three-day window where who gavin sheet season um right. and then that trade happened four-day window whatever uh but not as much anymore I mean, you look at Pollock. Pollock had 21 home runs and 422 plate appearances last year, nine steals. He had 300, 297. Uh, mm-hmm. K rate's under 20%. Hard hit rate's over 47%. Barrel rate over 11%. Like, he was legit really good when he played last year. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, yeah, I, I, I have a lot of Pollock, actually. I, I, and the, yeah, at least he went to a team with a good lineup. I will yeah. say that. I mean, good lineup, good park. Um, the stolen base is a good point, though. That's I hadn't really thought about that, but that's that's fair also. Yeah. A um, couple other news and notes before we do get to some some week one stuff. Um, Cole Solser, who we thought we're going to – it looked like he was kind of the closer for Baltimore. I mean, they don't think they had a guy, but he was probably the lead of that committee. Uh, got traded, and it was kind of an afterthought. They traded Tanner Scott to Miami, and it was like, oh, by the way, also Cole Solser is near. Everybody's like, oh, that's there we go there. Yeah. Um, Two so, of the three candidates for the uh, Baltimore bullpen – well, actually, I, three of the four are now because uh, Wells is like a starter now or an opener or something like that. Right? So – um, a, do you think Sulcer or Tanner Scott closes or gets saves? I mean, they have, they have like, they have like five guys behind it. They have Bender, they have Floro might come back at some point. Maybe he's out longer term. They made this move, but I mean, it's just a mess there. It is. It really is. Um, and I, 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 I wanted to get a little Bender, but yeah, even then, like the note on Bender says he's like probably the leading candidate. I don't think I saw a quote from Mattingly on that. Got to read these notes carefully. Click through if you can a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, same thing is true. Like I saw a San Diego note earlier uh, when it was it, it was Suarez and Pagan that were the two most suited 
that was an athletic article, but now there's another one from MLB.com where Melvin's actually on the record talking about him. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the thing that moved the needle for me a little bit more. So yeah. I think that's Mel- Melvin seems to really like that Suarez closed overseas yep. and has that experience. And I think uh, that quote makes me think that uh, when they open the door in the first save, I think it's Suarez. I think you're right. And keep in mind, it's new manager here, but you know, it's, he's always been pretty good about like, yep. if he's your guy, he's your guy. Yep. You know, and even when you the, lose it, even when the guy fails, you lose it. He finds another guy though. Like when, when uh, when Trident lost it, he went to Hendricks and he was the guy right away. It wasn't like they went to committee. He went to Hendricks, boom, boom, right. couple saves, and he was Hendricks was the guy the rest of the way. So um, Melvin um, does some weird stuff in the bullpen sometimes, but he usually has a guy at the back end that he wants to use as the guy. I mean, yeah, I'm bumping up Suarez. Um, yeah, I'm too. He's above like Cincinnati and Florida or Miami, excuse me, and Chicago now in the National League hierarchy we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, Suarez is definitely. He's bumped up. He's now mid mid pack as far as uh, nationally closers go. Yeah, below Jake McGee still. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Kind I mean, of, but he's right, actually done it. Probably right below there. Yeah. Uh, so if we're drafting the day, you're you're probably how like in the say you're drafting in the main. Let's say Wednesday theoretically, fifteenth um, round. Uh, I think that's about right. Um, I'm looking at his his ADP right now in the main is two fifty one. Obviously, that's some early mains that uh, he didn't go there early. The, the high pick is 163. I'm not going there. But, yeah, I think if you want to do it, you probably got to go about 210 to 215. So maybe even the Trust me, the, the closer inflation is real and spectacular. It's yeah. getting worse, not better. And you could tell that, like, it gets to that spot where everybody realizes they either have none or they have one and they need a second one. And it, it, all these bad names go really quick, too. There, it, 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 it gets ugly after that first 10, and it's not getting any better. And I've kind of, and we, Tim and I pr- kind of decided once we got aced out of a couple of targets that we weren't going to spend those picks on, yeah. you know, because you're, you're giving up something pretty quality for a guy that with a 50% sure. chance of the job. Yeah. You know, I, I think that was the whole point. We'll get into that more later, but yeah. um, just, I think that's one way to tackle it. You either get two early ones like James Anderson does all the time, or you I don't know what else you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay paying up for like those first nine guys. And then I don't want to pay up after that. So I just, yeah. uh, I try and get one, but we'll, we'll talk about that. A um, couple of notes. Uh, Max Scherzer has the tight hammy. The Mets were kind of a mess all weekend. Um, he's, he has a bullpen session on Tuesday. Uh, they're still talking about him maybe starting on Thursday opening day, but then maybe Tyler McGill, but then maybe a bullpen game. They kind of seem like they're, uh, they're becoming, they're the Mets already in the season that even started yet. <laughs> so uh, definitely keep a watch on that one. Um, I was a pick away from Max Scherzer in the third round in my 12 team or the day that news came out. I was hoping to, uh, to buy the discount there, but I was a pick away. That would have been a, that would have been, wow. nice, been a nice, that would have been a nice score. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, he went, he went 3.5. So what is that? That's pick 29 in my, in my 12 team on Saturday. Wow. The latest he's gone in any main is 23. And that was today. I've got to imagine. Yeah. I'd have to look, but that's probably, it's gotta be the latest he's gone in an, an online too, but uh, we talked about Josh Rojas. We talked about Mike Clevenger. I think that's kind of the uh, the news there. Um, let's get into some week one stuff. But first, a note from our sponsors at WinBet. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more all at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, while all were rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, an exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Jeff, before we get into uh, Fab for week one, I want to talk Fab week one. I want to talk about Fab strategy. But week one, um, a little bit of strategy advice. How are you kind of handling it? It's a tough week because we don't know the probable starters on some of these teams. Like, there's some teams who have named the opening day starters. Some teams have named the first five. There's a lot of, like, TBAs out there. There's a lot of stuff where – and it's, yeah. it's tough. It's just, it, a lot of teams have three games or four games. A lot of starters aren't starting this weekend. Did you find yourself kind of adding a middle reliever or two so you have nine starters? Are you not worried about taking a zero? How are you kind of uh, addressing that this week as you kind of looked at your starters for week one? Adding or and or drafting. Like, I drafted Loisega in both mains. I'm going to use them this week. Yep. Uh, I, I You don't want to use the marginal starters because those are the guys that are most likely to go three, four innings to begin with. Yep. Uh, and they might not be great innings. Uh, so and a lot of those marginal starters really... aren't even starting at all this weekend, too. So they're, yes, yeah, they're dead. Exactly. No starts. If they have, they're the fourth or fifth starter. There's a lot of guys that just aren't starting this week when teams have three games. It's a tough week, but I did the same. Um, I kind of like round 29, 30. I just grabbed maybe one extra uh, closer spec guy. And if I got to drop him in a couple weeks, that's fine. But um, I want to be able to use people this week because I, I, I mean, sometimes you don't have to, you don't have a choice. If you like 
three year good starters randomly line up fourth, that sort of thing. Like I think Trevor Rogers right now is slated to not pitch this week. So um, he's, wow. he, might, he might go twice next week. So, I mean, it, it'll, it'll work out and even out, but um, you know, you just, you just, if you cannot take a zero, you, you certainly like to try and avoid it. You never know. You might steal a win, but you know, your reliever might give up three runs too. That happens also, but uh, give me the chance to steal a win or a save over a zero any day. Yeah. And I can't wait for the opening day panic when your guy's not in the lineup and I'll, I'll probably uh, help <laughs> encourage that on Twitter a little bit too, yeah. but um, yeah, it happens all the time. You're like, especially, yeah. you know, it, they'll even veer from what they've done in spring training. But if you're not, if you're not paying attention to what the lineups are in spring training, and this is a year where it's really hard to do so because yeah. let's face it, they're still making transactions. Yep. You know, it, it's really hard to stay on top of everything there in, t- in terms of lineup wise. That's I, why we need Mike Curlin. He I was going to say, I couldn't believe Jazz Chisholm was hitting ninth today. Yeah, I didn't notice that because I don't have Chisholm, but uh, just, he had I mean, a wrist I, injury, right? That, right. That's like, there was like talk, maybe he's sixth or seventh in some weeks, but like hitting ninth, like it's a spring training game. Like, who cares? But that's just weird. They even stick him there if they're not thinking about, you know, hitting right. him. Why, right. Why bother playing him if you're right. if he's exactly. not, that's not where he's going to be. So. Yeah, so not not ideal there. And I think the key week one is know your rules. We talked about earlier, like if you yeah. in FBC, like you can put put all your hitters on in Thursday in because you could take if you don't want to use them on the weekend, you just take them back out. Or if somebody, you know, if someone playing Thursday, you took them in the first round. Like make sure you get them if you need to get them out and then get them back in for Friday. So just make sure that you you know your rules. I believe pitchers all the pitchers lock on Thursday. I could be wrong about that, but uh, I think sure. all the pitchers lock because they have to then open it open it up on Friday for offensive players. So I think all pitchers lock. So even if they don't play on Thursday, they still lock. Don't quote me on that, but I thought that was the I'm case. I'm going to quote you on that. I'm, I'm going to tweet I'm gonna, it out right now. I'm going to double check yeah. that too. But I think they have to open up moves for Friday, so I think that's the case. But I'm going to double check that also. I would definitely, I would definitely check that in the rules before you decide that. But I, I, I'm setting my pitchers for the uh, for the week on Thursday. Any thought to using Shohei as a pitcher this week because it's only four games? It is four, not three, though. Uh, it is four, not three. They're home. It against, is against the Astros. Home against Houston. Uh, I'm using him as a hitter. I am too. Yeah. I just wanted to ask. I think no, you you're right. Though, all the time of all the weeks, like he he's never going to start twice unless they have a seven game week and he happens to land on a Monday. They have a six man rotation, but um, his two set weeks will be very very rare. So I'm using him on offense at all times. But in a short half week, it's a good question. I think it's the first week. I don't know how deep he'll go in the game, so I think that's I want also the, a good I think I, And I he's not a guy that goes deep into games yeah. to begin with, too. I mean, it could be uh, a, if you if you get four innings out of him, then he sits for the whole week on your offense. You're gonna you're not gonna feel fun about that. And hits a bomb and steals yeah. two bases, then you're like, oh. And yeah, yeah. it's the Astros, but Odorizzi on Friday, um, oh, Arcidi yeah. on Sunday, uh, Verlander and Framber will be tough on him. But uh, yeah, I think I'm still I'm still offense. Hey, don't don't besmirch the good work that Jose Arcidi does. I um, like Jose Arcidi. I need Jose Arcidi this yeah. year. I like I like the whip there, but uh, let's talk about week one uh, fab. It's, you know, we talked about how their league started on drafted at different times. There's a lot of uh, RotoWire online championships that drafted in February, and they, there's a lot of people that are on the on the waiver wire. You know, you and I drafted main event last week. Not a lot of people, but I had 20 bids in my main event league. Like people were 24 in mine. That's I mean, that's a lot of bids for we we drafted a week ago, and obviously you drafted everybody a week ago because you liked them, and no games have been played, so like nothing. It's just injuries, news has changed. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he Kyle Higa I can't say his name. Higashioka. Say he's his just homered again. Um, yeah. He's at, he's got six homers. Josh Gibson, we'll just call him. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, good reference right there. That was well Thank done. You. Um, I like that one. Uh, yeah, he went for 77 in my league. So obviously there was uh, someone believing the hype there. But the, the biggest name, I think, was uh, was Seattle pitcher Matt Brash, who um, has looked really good in spring. Nine and a third, one earned run, 12 strikeouts, two, uh, two walks, 
a 0.54 whip, not drafted in many leagues that went in February. He was not drafted in my TGFBI league where, uh, you know, we drafted in early March and he was kind of, you know, a prospect, but not someone we thought was going to make the rotation. Um, he was very good in A and AA last year. Did not not pitch in AAA, but uh, 2.31 ERA in 97 innings, 1.14 whip across those two levels. Big strikeout guy, 13.1 Ks per nine in the minors last year, 142 Ks, 48 walks. So a little bit too many walks, but um, the strikeout stuff's big. He's looked really good in spring. Um, if he was available in your league, how super aggressive were you on Brash? So he was available in Yogurt. He went for 71, pretty reasonable. Wow. Three, Wasn't three, very Brash. 325 uh, in mine, quite Brash. Uh, in my online championship that drafted early, 237. And yep. in Scarf, it hasn't run yet, so I don't know. All right. um, and, but I, I'm starting to feel like my bumping up to 115 or whatever it was isn't going to do it. Uh, but I, especially uh, as there's three Mariners fans, three guys that wore Mariners paraphernalia oh. in our draft. So you that know might be the only three people in LA with Mariners, Mariners paraphernalia. No, those you're confusing that with Bengals fans, but that's okay. Hey, the Bengals fan. Bengals had a lot of fans in LA this year. Mm, yeah, uh, no, for, probably for, not for, for one weekend. Yeah. Not in LA is the problem. Well, they were they were visiting, but they don't yeah, live here. Visiting. Yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's fun. He's looked really good. I've seen some clips of Brash, and it's one of those things. Like, if this is your one chance to take a shot on him, because he's not. If he if he's good, this is your one chance. You kind of had to be aggressive with him. I wasn't going three twenty five. I just don't. I don't. I, that's a lot of money to spend on a guy I haven't seen. I mean, I've seen pitch nine spring training spring training innings. I just. Uh, I wasn't going there. I was in like the 40s and 50s, so I was not even close. I was in the 40s also, yeah. except for yogurt where I bumped it, or scarf where I bumped it up. But uh, I think I also had more of a need there too. Uh, another uh, hot prospect in bidding was Bryson Stott in yep. Philadelphia. Um, having a huge spring hit, 480 in the spring, 12 for 25 with one home run. Uh, he, he played across three levels last year, A to AAA, had 490 plate appearances, 16 home runs, 10 steals. Hit close to 300. You got to like to see that. The batting average, low K rate, under 20%. Uh, pedigree guy. He was the 14th overall pick in 2019. Um, I think the issue here is is playing time. What are they going to do? Are they going to just sit Alec Bohm? Uh, obviously, Stott's a shortstop coming up, but he's been playing third. They might send Bohm down. They might send Bohm down. I Don't like you have him? I do. Yeah. I'm in the main. I like Alec Bohm, too. I think he, I, I looked at his stuff. I'm like, I think he's better than he is. One, one uh, kind of, you know, fly ball launch angle tweak. I thought we were going to get really good, but um, – Clearly, they're thinking about either. I mean, he can't play defense, which is a problem, but they didn't seem to care about that. But it seems like Stott's kind of pushing the envelope here. Well, like they have to have someone that can play defense, right? I so mean, that's does Didi have to play then? I guess. Yeah, I think so. Didi, uh, can Didi still play defense? I don't even know. Oh, my arm! I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he used to be good, but I don't really think he's there anymore. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he's great defensively, but yeah, it, Stott might be just the the hot guy right now too, and. Yeah. For all the crap that Gabe Kapler got for being mercurial with the bullpen and all that, no, Joe, Joe Girardi is a veteran manager, knows how to manage that bullpen. Girardi was flitting all over the place last year. I don't know. I mean, you know, Kapler seems to be kind of redeemed quite a bit. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think winning, Philly is just winning a bad 100, deck to winning play. 100, winning 135 games over the Giants won last year will do that. Yeah, it tends to do that. That uh, it, it's interesting though because wherever you, if you stick Stott or Baum in there, uh, Boom. I always say Baum. It's Boom. I, I actually looked it up last week because I didn't know how to say it. But 
That Phillies lineup is absurdly good. It's like one through six, I'd say. I mean, you go mm-hmm. Schwarber, Real Middle, Harper, Castellanos, Hoskins, and you throw Segura in there. Like I like I like Segura. That's a really good one through six. If you can and like Didi's not terrible. Didi's not terrible. If you can like hit seventh or eighth there, like it's not a typical seventh or eighth National League lineup. I mean, I know it's different now with the DH anyway, but yeah. that's not a lineup that like if he's hitting seventh, you're suddenly dead all of a sudden. Like that's that's gonna be a good spot for someone. If it's if it's Stott, if it's Bohm, whoever it may be that you know hits up ahead of Didi, even behind Didi, um, you know where these guys go is uh, it, it, it's a pretty good spot. Uh, were you in on Stott this week? Do you or are you buying this? How do you kind of feel about him? He had a great Arizona fall league, so he kind of got on our radar there. If everybody, anybody that went to first pitch Arizona, um, I was still a little circumspect in my bidding, and I wish I might have been a little bit more aggressive, uh, especially it's just being so that, hard without it's just so hard without having any games, like it's so hard to be so yeah. aggressive now. But well, and the thing is also, you got to pick somebody to drop that you just drafted a week ago, too. Right. Like, I and I did find a couple of drops out there, uh, but yeah, and losing Rojas that that. If I would have dropped Rojas, then I would have been a little bit more aggressive with yeah, Stott. That makes sense. Um, but I didn't want to drop Rojas, so couldn't be that aggressive. Because then I'd have like six middle infielders on my roster, and then it's starting to really push it. He'll get third base eligibility pretty darn quick, but he doesn't have it right now. I'm uh, I'm not buying that he's going to uh, he's going to be the guy. I don't think I still think it's going to be Bohm for a stretch here. Could be right. We'll see. But- I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting. Uh, another uh, young stud trying to make the team right now is C.J. Abrams in San Diego. Uh, another big pedigree guy. He was in the first round with Stott in 2019. He was the sixth overall pick. He's only 21. Um, there's a lot of buzz. He might make the team, though. He was uh, in, in 2021 in double-A. Um, he was hit 296, 13 stolen bases in 42 games. I think the speed is the key here. Um, I don't think we're going to see a lot of pop. He only had two home runs last year, but – uh, killing the spring, hitting 367, two home runs, two steals, and 31 plate appearances. It does have eight strikeouts. That's going to be an issue. Um, did you do anything with Abrams? Do you think he makes the team? Where do you kind of uh, fall on this dude right now? Um, sorry, I just had to point out Rob DiPietro, D- dead pole hitter, saying Bohm stinks. Ha ha, come on. <laughs> uh, Bohm Boehm does, does not stink. You look at it, it's 50% hard hit right last year. Uh, I know he, he was not good last year. I think he, he hits too many ground balls. One of those guys, like if you tweak one thing, I think he's actually be pretty decent. Yeah, you're right. I just like that Rob's listening. I think that's I love, awesome. I love Rob. Robin, I stuff. love Rob in general, so I, I'm glad he's listening yeah. too. Great people, great podcast. Dead pole hitter. Yes, Check great, it out. Great podcast. You know, great. Unusually long, but worth your time. Great. Uh, Put great, it on one and one quarter, and you'll you'll be fine. Great player too, by the way. Yes. He won the DC. He won de- draft championship in 2020, I think. Yep. Yeah, he won the uh, overall. Yeah. And he just has a great podcast too. Yeah. Just great stuff. Uh, but going back to your question about CJ Abrams, uh, I think that Abrams is you want, if you're if you're worried about the lack of track record from Stott or Brash, wait to get a hold of Abrams. Yeah. Hurt last year has very little minor league track record, not a whole lot of power, and I'm kind of concerned about where he'd play. Yeah. Uh, I it, you don't you don't he doesn't make the team if he doesn't play, and that's the question. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm lukewarm on him because of that. I've got him like at a keeper league and all that, but I'm, I'm long-term. I like him. I just yeah. think he needs more time. Um, this isn't like Tatis banging the, the door down. I, I think people want to make that comparison. I don't think it's there. And I mean, Tatis played a ton more minor league games than, than CJ was playing. What Tatis play? I mean, I have to look it up, but he played, I'm yep. just doing the math in my head. You're like 200 and 250 like minor league games. And, and yep. Abrams has played 
74. Like, it's a huge difference. And I grabbed him in the main event in the round 29. Last week, the thought was, I got 10 days till the season starts. Let's see what happens. Like, if I, I'd love to have him if he makes a team. He's an easy drop if he doesn't in round 29. Um, so I kind of hope he makes it, see what we got. Maybe he gets hot, steals a couple bases. But I, I would, probably wouldn't have done it to start the year because I, I, I tend to think he's probably not going to make the team. But I think they're going to set him down for a little bit. But with 10 days left in round 29, I figured it was worth a shot. Yep. Uh, I agree. By the way, uh, we were talking about Matt Brash, Great Northwest Wine says, thank you for my players featuring the Rotowire News Center app. Something you should, I should enable. Uh, and he got Matt Brash because he saw the note on that quicker. So uh, good for you, Great Northwest Wine. Nice. Uh, I like seeing that. Good uh, good, good work by the Rotowire guys right there too. Then. Yes, yes, indeed. Indeed. And where if we're talking, uh, you know, starters and try to figure who's going to start, uh, the Rotowire uh, MLB starting pitcher uh, chart grid, whatever we call it, I guess it's a grid, uh, is, the, is my – I know that I obviously am biased, but uh, I am not employed by you guys. So I can say it is the best thing is the best uh, starting pitcher guide out grid out there. It's so good. It's updated constantly. There's a lot of sites that update once a day. You guys update it all day long. It's just a, it's, it's the, it's a go-to and it's a must for every Monday, every Friday when you're doing lineups and obviously on Sunday night doing fab, it's a must. Pro tip, tie that with your, my leagues feature, import your league, especially if you play NFBC, you play Yahoo, you play on ESPN. Uh, I think RT, I think, uh, Auto new, any one of those platforms and a few others, import your league into there, go to my go to the projected starters grid, tie it to select that league, and you'll see which ones are rostered and which ones aren't. Uh, the grid is awesome, and you tie it to that feature, it's gold. We talked about Baltimore earlier. We talked about Steels earlier. An interesting name right now is Jorge Mateo in Baltimore. Um, if you look at spring training lineups, um, it seems like he is going to be starting every day for the Orioles. It looks like um, at shortstop, he is an outfield eligible in NFBC right now. So we can probably gain some shortstop eligibility. But this is someone that like could sneak in and really get some steals for you. He's uh, he's moving up in drafts. He had uh, he, he had ten steals last year at only I think it was two hundred something plate appearances. Like he's a steals guy, but. Uh, he got traded. Uh, the only reason I know a lot about him is he got traded for to the A's. I think it was the Sunny Gray deal from the Yankees yeah. to the A's. Um, you were it, waiting it, forever for that call up, and it just never yeah. came. But I mean, he had seventy one steals in twenty fifteen in the minors. Like this is a guy that I mean, I don't think we're looking at that. He's probably he's 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 twenty six now. But uh, this is a guy that really stole a lot of bases consistently in the minors. He had twenty four steals in twenty nineteen, twenty five in twenty eighteen. He is fast, and he's going to be playing every day. It looks like it sounds like. Probably stick down the lineup to start, which is not ideal. But I mean, we're talking about an Orioles lineup that you probably could move up a little bit if he gets hot. Um, if you're in the 20s, you need some steals. He seems to be the prime guy right now, but he is moving up. He is getting some popularity. Yeah, and it would have been neat to bid on him if he were available anywhere. But I'm looking six different NFBC leagues and rostered in every single one of them. Yeah, you drafted a little more recently. I think the February drafts he was not taken because we were like yogurt. He wasn't play. available. Oh, he's taken there too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think he, I mean, if you need steals, it's a, it's a nice little piece there. I'm drafting, uh, I'm drafting Tuesday and Wednesday this week, and I'm kind of, I've been pushing him up and still missing him, so I might push him up another couple spots. It, it obviously depends on team cut if you need steals at that point of the draft, but um, as you get to that point, steals are hard to find. He could be a guy that could steal, you know, if he plays every day, he could steal 20, 25 bags this year. He's climbing. He is yeah. really, really climbing. climbing. Uh, he is ADP is 304, but with a range of 253 to 410. Every time uh, I every time I think I'm like oh now's the time of Teo like he goes right right when I start to even think about it so I just I could tell he's moving up. Jody Ryan man snagged him in our main and snagged Miles Straw to go to he's got like three guys that run but they're all like major runners he you know he had Turner obviously to start too so uh, you know good uh, good good sneaky pick if you need stolen bases of course it comes at a cost he's gonna he probably will hurt your batting average 
He's yep. he's not a good real life player, but he's a good fantasy player, probably. Somehow he had 19 home runs in 2019. I know that was a super minor league happy yeah. fun ball, but like you might get eight to ten home runs out of the guy too. Which exactly. Is huge. It's not a dead zero there, too. Yeah, and multi-positions, of course, which is nice. Did you do anything with uh all the we talked about earlier about the NL closer marks? Did you do anything with any of these guys? You like bid on David Robertson, Luis Sessa, Daniel Bard. Was there anybody in particular Jordan Hicks? Robertson. Is, Robertson. I uh, Robertson's my guy. See, yeah, why uh, why you feel Robertson in Chicago? Well, it's down to it sounds like it's down to him and uh Michael Gibbons. Yeah, did did Rowan Wick just like get sent out to sea? Like what happened here? They kind of said that they don't want him closing. I, I read that too, and he really wants to too, which is yeah, very that's odd. the weird yeah, part. It is very odd. Uh and yet, you know, Robertson's closed before and closed well. He had three seasons with 30 plus saves. Prior to TGS, he had some really sweet ratios, great K rate. He's, I think, 19 to 20 months removed from TGS. He, he's a little slower behind, uh, slower uh, in getting ramping up this year in spring training, but I, I think he's worth the wait. And, you know, Gibbons is okay, but if you notice with the Reds, he, he started off okay and then fell off again. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, he's that big of a barrier to Robertson getting saves and Robertson's under consideration right now. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one too. I had some bids there. Um, I think Daniel Bard is going to be closing in Colorado um, pretty quickly. If it's not right away, he looks way better than in camp than Calame does. Grant. it's Colorado. We can't get excited there, but I, I think the interesting one is, is actually Jordan Hicks in St. Louis. Uh, it seems like everything you read that they want Gallegos to be the high leverage seventh and eighth, ninth inning guy, they, they, seventh and eighth guy. They just, he was so good in closing last year, but they don't seem like they want to be the guy. And Hicks is out there throwing 103 and, uh, you know, had what, had 14 saves in 2019 before he got hurt. I just, I wonder if uh, we get, uh, we get uh, opening weekend and, and Hicks is closing games in the night. But, you know, it, it'd be the most Cardinals thing ever because remember they were stretching him out. Yep. They're considering having him start. And then they're like, okay, we're going to limit you to 50 pitches. And we're just going to limit you to one inning at a time now. And, you're talking about maybe him being an opener. It would be so cardinals for him to close. I mean, that you did what you described right there is literally Alex Reyes last year. Yep. Yep. Like, there was stretching mountain spring training, blah, blah, blah. Guy goes to the best pitcher, and all of a sudden Reyes had 29 saves. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's wild. And meanwhile, Reyes is out long term. So keep that in mind too. Uh, last guy I wanted to ask you about, uh, Stephen Kwan in Cleveland made yeah. the roster. He was not drafted in my main event, so he was available there. Uh, ended up going for 55. Um, kind of an interesting hit tool. Got a, you know, he's, a, he's like a batting average guy with a little bit of speed. Uh, strikes out pretty much never. He struck out uh, 6.7% in AAA last year, 10.4% in AA across those two levels. Um, swing strike rate was absurdly 2.65% in the minors last year, which is just a yeah, number you never see like outside of maybe Nick Madrigal or someone like that. Um, seems like an average guy with a little bit of speed, but you know, if you, uh, you get him on free agency, he can't seem like an interesting name. That's going to appears is going to play in Cleveland. People love him. Yeah. Uh, he, he's like an internet darling, yeah, he is. uh, Twitter darling. Uh, see more. I would say internet darling. Now we're on to Twitter darling, but, uh, Stephen Kwan is kind of you. As you mentioned, Madrigal. That was a comp I was thinking of. Yep. Uh, Arias is another one from Minnesota. That's a good one, That's a good one too. To compare him to. And he's got a little bit more power, I think, than both of those guys. But I don't know if he'd uh, den a mailbox if he was swinging a bat from a moving car either, though. So I'm not quite sure how. I mean, he's not going to. I got. I got to dig into the Statcast numbers a little bit more before I really be so, so flippant about him. But. Uh, I think he's he's fun. 
he's going to play. I think you're right. And if you need late batting average, uh, you know, he could be the next Michael Brantley came, coming up through Cleveland. You never know. And in a lineup where there is plenty of room to either move up or play every day, like that lineup is just – I mean, you put him in the lineup, you still, and they still have Bradley Zimmer in there. It's not like he's like, oh, he's going to play over Zimmer. It's like it's both of them right now. It's just – it's an, yeah. uh, it's an uh, outside of outside of uh, you know Ros- kind of straw Rosario J Ram Fran Mill like there's just not a lot I mean I kind of like Robbie Bradley but he strikes out a lot there's it's a really weak I kind of like Zimmer a little bit still uh, I'm I'm I've been slow to dismiss that but then again and I always saw those like Grady Sizemore Junior comps and you know I always liked Grady Sizemore so maybe that's he, a he weirdly soft spot he for weirdly me. like completely changed his hard contact last year too like it went way off the charts compared to where it was so I was a little yeah. intrigued there too although uh, he also paired up with a thirty five percent strikeout rate last year that's not good not good um, let's dive into some uh, some general fab talk here since it's week one but first a note from our sponsors at Better Edge. Bet against others with no fees involved. That's right. No pesky hidden fees to ruin your day. Better Edge is a social betting marketplace. There's no fee on each transaction. Better Edge is a social betting marketplace, and chances are it's legal in your state. We bring betting back to its social roots where you can like, comment, and challenge other users all within the app. Play without getting played at betteredge.com. Go to betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com to sign up today. So, Jeff, since we're in week one, I want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of fab strategy, methodology, how you go about it. A lot of people ask me, you know, how do you how do you do your fab weeks? Fab's a pain in the ass. Sundays are miserable. I don't want to spend six hours doing this. And um, it's a good point. A lot of people, you know, I have too many leagues. I have too many fab leagues. Um, how do you jump in? I have like the, kind of my three keys to fab, but I want to ask you, how do you, when you jump in on Sunday, you're sitting down, uh, you know, the wife and kids are giving you a bad look because you're sitting down from the computer on Sunday. How do you, how do you start your fab? My, I, I don't get the bad look. I, I don't know. Oh, that's good. Is. Yeah. I guess you, I guess you work in this world too. So it's kind, yeah. of, kind of your job, right? Yeah. It's kind of paid off. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I do what you do first though. I set my lineup first. Yeah. And that gets me like thinking about this team, well, especially after such a long layoff. It's like, okay, what do I got on this team? Right now? And so you, sometimes you need a reminder. You know, I live in, you know, we all live and die with our main event team. So that, that's not hard to remember, but I play in a lot of leagues and, yep. you know, and it's not just on the NFBC platform and you at least you're, you're all on one platform until we do our Yahoo draft on Tuesday. But, right. you know, I open up the team, you know, what I typically like to do is save it all in tabs. Maybe I'll save it by platform, I'll order it by platform. So I can go boom, 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 boom. But, you know, no, no. And maybe write down, take notes. I know some people do a good job with that. Uh, I, I think that might be something that is helpful in terms of remembering. I know when I'm in, I, I, I hear teachers say all the time, they'd prefer their, their students use pen and paper or pencil and yep. paper instead of a laptop or whatever. You remember things a little bit more and you write it down. So sometimes writing a little notes, not everybody has time to do that though, or paper, or, you know, you have little scribbles left and right. You feel like, uh, yeah, it's uh uh, what's a beautiful mind or something like that. But uh, eventually though, it helps you organize your thoughts, find your way to organize your thoughts and it starts by setting your lineup and looking at your team's needs. I think that's absolutely the most important thing. Uh, second thing is like, I, I look at, you know, early on, I look at percentage roster. I know that doesn't count. That doesn't, that's not all encompassing, but it's a kickstart to uh, looking at, you know, who's, a, who happens to be available, especially the longer ago that you drafted. Uh, I think that's really important to know. Yeah, I think the key for me is what you said. I, I start like I'm like, oh, I jumped into free agency. I'm looking at who was available. I think you got to start. The key to the whole thing is like to be more efficient with your time, and I've tried to do that over the last couple of years. Is I have just I'm 
busy with work. I a six year old now. So I like, I've had to be more efficient. Like the, you know, sitting in my office for eight hours on Sunday doesn't really happen as much as it used to. Uh, but start with your own team. You got to figure out your team. Do you have injuries? Do you have holes in your team? What do you need positionally? Do you need a shortstop? That totally just changes how you look at fab. You know, you're suddenly, you're looking at 14 shortstops instead of two. Like, but I have, if I have Dan's response and Tim Anderson, like, eh, I'm probably going to like look at two shorts. There's some of the jumps off that I have to bid on, but I'm not going to really get deep into it. I think that's important to know. Uh, categorical needs are important. If you need steals, like what you're looking at is completely different. If you need pitching, um, look at your nine pitchers for the week. You start nine guys. If you don't, if you have seven you want to use this week, like, you know, you're digging deep into pitchers. If you have 11 you want to use, then suddenly all those like kind of fringy starters, those two steps that are really risky, they just aren't in your, in your thinking for that team. It's really important to not have to worry about that. But if you have seven, you know, you know that you're going to be getting into the deep, like, oh, where, who's, you know, who's playing the Orioles? Who's playing the Tigers? Who's playing the A's? Like, you know, I guess the Tigers probably don't fit in that anymore, but who's playing the A's? Who's playing right. bad offenses? Like, that really matters. Whereas if you have a lot of pitchers that you like, that doesn't matter as much. And I think the last part of that is, you know, who are you dropping? You got to figure out your drops. Um, that's, a, it's a big thing. If you don't have any drops, you don't need to drop. Well, you're, you maybe need to look deeper because you probably need to pick somebody up, but, uh, well, or at least, you know, you have your threshold, like, okay, yeah. it better be someone I'm really excited to pick up. And not some speculative play that eh, if I win them, I win them. If I don't, I don't. Don't, yeah, if, don't drop if, somebody that you like for that. If rookie year Carlos Correa is available, yeah, you're going to find a drop for it. But you're right. If, you, if you're just like, oh, I just, um, you know, I'm looking through and I want to pick someone up, like don't do it just to do it. So uh, I think figuring out your team, figuring out what you need is the, is the key to the whole thing. It helps you be more efficient and kind of cut a lot of time. Like I said, if you don't need a shortstop, you don't need to spend 20 minutes looking at the shortstops because A, you're not going to pick anybody up. B, if it's someone that's awesome that jumps out the page, you're going to know who it is originally. Like, I think the key is like use your resources too. The, the Rotowire has a really good um, – it does an NL and AL fab articles. Like, it's just a great place to start. It's not a place to like – you don't want to go and you see, oh, this person, that bid, and you just automatically do it. But it gives you a good place to like, oh, that's an interesting player I hadn't thought about. Yep. I'm going to go I'm gonna go look into that and kind of do it on my own. Vlad Sedler does a really good one every week. Uh, Jeff Zimmerman on Fangraphs is the one where he kind of goes through everybody too. And maybe a little, he has a little more shallower hits too. So if you play in a 10 or 12-teamer, Jeff's is really good. for It's like everybody under 40% owned on CBS or something like that. I forget what it is exactly. But he does a really good piece every week too that kind of goes through all the pitches. So like it's okay. I mean, I I admit I do this a lot. I'm, I've am i done well, but I still use some other resources. And it's like a, it's more of a starting point for me. Like, oh, I, most of the guys I'm like, oh, I thought about that. I thought about that. I thought about that. But there's always, when I read these things, I'm always like, oh, I hadn't really thought about the, you know, the closer in, in Miami who's struggling, but the guy behind him who has, you know, 14 strikeouts and one walk through seven innings. It's just, it That's gives you huge to find those guys. It too. is. It is. And I just, I admit that the, some of the lesser teams, I don't notice those guys always, they're doing that well. It's just a really good place to a starting point. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to fan graphs. I'm going to go baseball. So I'm look up myself, but finding those names is, is really key. It is. It really is. And, you know, uh, you know, I'll be the company shill again too. Jan Levine and Eric Segris do awesome it's work on our great. fab it's a, columns. It's a great, great starting point. And the My Leagues feature again has will pull from the free agent list, and you can kind of just tie it to our projections and all that early on. That's that's especially helpful, I found, and trying to find a few guys help me like steer. You know, if I'm per per personally high on this guy, well, it's nice to know he's available like right there without scrolling down the whole list sometimes. It appears people like your soccer jersey, by the way. Uh, at least Rob does. Yeah. Oh, so I was, that, I was going. Sure. I was going with people. You didn't have to change it to one person. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I don't want to multiply it so much yet, but uh, yeah, um, proof that I do play, I guess, or at least last, I like to dress up. As the player. last thing is that you know, make every bid matter. Like I see people like, 
oh, I just threw a bunch of bids in there. Like, make it, you want to, if you win a bid, you want to be happy about winning it. And that, I think I always yeah. tell people that with like the big bids. If we get a, there's a closer that takes a job and people are bidding four, five hundred bucks, like find a spot or a bid where if you click on the results and you won the player, you feel pretty good about that. Sometimes we get in desperation spots, we don't have a choice. I do get that, but mm-hmm. make a bid, make it a bid. So, like, if you get them, you're like, oh, I feel good about that. And don't, and my last thing would be don't throw 30 and 40 dollar bids around unless it's somebody you want. Like, I know yeah. it's not when you have a thousand bucks, 35 to 40 bucks sounds like nothing, but if it's a player that you're like, eh, you know, I maybe use them this week, I may not. Like, if it's someone, if it's 35, 40 bucks, making sure it's someone that you might think you might keep or the matchups are so good this week that you want to use them. I see people throw $30 bids on Tyler Anderson, and you're like, are you really, is that really what you want? His dad's probably going to tweet at me again for that, but um, it happens. Um, yeah, well, just to use it, just to use a general anybody name. named Anderson or any soft uh, soft tossing lefty. These are these are your <laughs> apparently, categories here. Apparently, so I should use Brett Anderson because he's blocking me, everywhere, so he can't hear me anyway. But um, mm-hmm. just make sure. I see a lot of early on the year people spend thirty five hundred bucks on these guys. They're just like you just don't really want that much. You know, drop that bid to seven dollars. If you don't get someone like Brett Anderson, it's fine. If you get him and you want to use him, that's fine too. But at the end of the year, those extra like twenty thirty dollars a week really come in handy. Uh, absolutely. And it's, it's definitely, uh, where if you get to that, Oh, I hope I didn't get this guy. What are you yeah. doing? Exactly. And that There's, happens. It, it happens all happen. the time. Yes, it does. Yeah. You get people like, Oh, I bid this one. I didn't really want to get them. Well, you shouldn't have bid that much. It's pretty easy. And the key, other key is contingency bids. Like in something like any of these NFBC leagues, they're so active and competitive. If you need a catcher or you need a second base in the league, make sure you put there's times I put like seven, eight, nine names down there. They're all they're all a buck each, but I don't want to take zeros because I threw three names and they all got all guys get a bid on. I lost. Like the last thing you want to do is, or if you have a if you have for sure drop someone that's out for the year, out three months. Like you want to make sure, make sure you go as many conditions as possible so you get somebody at least. You never know that one dollar bid might turn into someone really good and clearly more valuable than the guy that you know is out for the year and you have to drop next week anyway. Yep. Caveat though is make sure you change those bid amounts on your contingency bids. Don't just keep on hitting yes. plus that and then oh 17 sounds good on him too. 17 or, or and Fabapalooza, you know, 200 more on Nicky Lopez along with Austin Riley. Let's go. What? Oh wait, no. No, now you have both. Yeah. And you just spent you know, and I I might be personally speaking here. Uh but yeah, that you got to be a little careful about that. Especially you got you got, uh, you got Riley and Lopez that year, right? I did, and for about a month, I was feeling pretty damn yeah, good. Yeah, Riley, Riley was balling. Yeah, uh, and then he wasn't, uh, and then Nicky Lopez never was, and I, I was, was never not. even big on Nicky Lopez. But it like everybody Oscar, kept on Oscar talking Mar- about, was like in that yeah. group. Oscar Mercado was in there. I think Keston Hero was in there too. Yeah, Mercado, by the way, he was, was, he was worth the best it. One. Yeah, he and was then. The best one. Then he's had done the least since. Well, Hero probably has done the least since. Hero was actually good too. Yeah. Uh, for, well, he had a brief send down period, but then his overall numbers were that you were pretty darn good. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, sidebar. So I do want to just chat about your uh, your second main event for a few minutes before we jump okay. out of here. But first, a note from our sponsors at Vivid Seats: Baseball is back. Uh, that's what we're talking about. That's right. An entire glorious season, all 162 games, and with live events resuming, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. Every backdoor slider, every round tripper, and every doubleheader can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, you can stream, you can start earning free tickets from your fir- very first purchase. Just buy, collect stamps, and redeem. It's all that easy. From behind the dugout to upper level, Vivid Seats has you covered for all the games that matter to you. Here's a pro tip buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free ticket even faster. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, life happens fast. Jeff, any uh, any live events, any Dodgers or Angels games for you coming up in April, or you're going to wait a little bit? No, don't have any plans yet. Did you go to any games last year? 
I think I went to a Dodger game. I don't I'm sure think I, I, I don't know if I went to a Dodger game last year. I was trying to think I, of. Uh, I definitely did. I'm trying to remember when I went to. I definitely went to at least one game. But I haven't been to an Angels game in four or five years. Uh, it's a hard place to get to from where we live. Yeah, harder for you because I just shoot down the six hundred five. It's not. It's hard. I should say it's hard on a weekday night because it's just. Yeah, you're going straight. Dodger Stadium's easier. Yeah. Uh, I used to make a point of seeing the Reds when they came into town. I'm probably going to watch that on TV, especially now that we can watch it on TV. It's going to be an uh, interesting discussion in my house. My wife wants to go to the A's game in Anaheim, and I have to have to vehemently fight about not, oh. not wanting to go. Well, at least you know Artie Artie Moreno is an owner you can roof. Oh, sorry, never mind. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I, uh, moving we'll, on. I'm sure we'll end up. I'm sure we'll end up in an A's game at some point. It'll be it'll be tough and painful. But you had your uh, you had your second main event draft on Saturday morning. Is that right? Correct. Uh, Nine a.m. Best Coast. It was. It basically essentially was the stand-in for the Chicago draft that didn't happen. Okay. So it's all were you online. was half your late people that were going to be live in Chicago? Like Posma, oh. Doug Roth. I would say Posma was not exactly who you want to randomly get in the league with either. Oh no, and right next to him in the draft too. By the way, that was fun. oh always fun. Uh, nice, a lot guy. of good players. Nice guy, though, I, by the way. Oh, super nice guy. And I don't want to like, you know, that's the thing. It's like I mentioned two people, but it's a, it's a it was a tough room. I felt the whole time it was struggling to hit some spots. But I guess that's always true in the main. But sometimes you feel like a little better about it. Um, yeah, it, it was tough. It was a tough room, and we'll talk about it. But closers was was a challenge. What was me, remind, you, remind me what your spot was in the first draft again? I was three in the first one. That's right. Seven okay. in this one. So you're seven in this one. Was that uh, was seven a spot you wanted to be? Was seven a spot that uh, was deep deep in your KDS? How were you kind of a uh, when you were pulled out of the hat? It there? was seventh in my priority. Uh, okay. So uh, you, you know, just, thing you is, were, you were straight butter, as they call it. It was here. Yeah. Uh, you know, the funny thing is. You know, we talked about this, what, a week or two two weeks ago. Would you rather optimize for the first round or go where you're comfortable typically drafting? Yeah. I'm very comfortable typically seven, eight, and nine. So were you were you seven before DeGrom got hurt? Yeah, it came down before DeGrom got hurt. I wasn't gonna take him at seven. Okay. So um, you weren't you weren't you weren't like this is my the seven top seven with him in there. So you no. you're seven, the top six went as they always do in some order. So there there was no like not always. There. Vlad doesn't yeah. always go. Yeah, he sometimes you get sometimes my you get, first main. Uh, sometimes you get Burns in there too. But yep. you had uh, you had a choice. Essentially, it was the the outfielders or a pitcher. You had Harper, Tucker, Betts, Robert, or Burns, Bueller, Woodruff, so a pitcher. So what was your uh, what was your thoughts between the between Harper? So and Burns? we mapped it out. Uh, our priority was Vlad first. Okay. You no, know, uh, Harper second, and Burns if something weird happened. But no, it's not not something. It was it, it was Harper. It was. It was Vlad or Harper. And we decided, even though I like Burns and I like, start, I have nothing against starting with pitching. Kind of wanted to go with the Harper route a little bit. Uh, it was close, I think. And, and we'll see how this plays out. And of course, John took Burns right after and he, he went three pitchers to start. Uh, we were, you, uh, were you Harper for sure over Tucker, Betts, Robert? Yeah. Okay. The Tucker thing is weird because the batting order thing it just scares it me is. a little bit with Tucker. And I have enough exposure to him already, yeah. too. He hit second again today, but then he hit six. It's just uh if he hit six all year, that that matters. Yeah. Well, hitting second today helps, but you know, yeah. that was today, not yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um Bats going 10 was interesting, uh, because he can sometimes drop. He did not drop. And I I knew pit with the, the DeGrom news that in the pitching was gonna be weird. Right. Scherzer didn't drop. He went 14th still, stayed in the first round. So he didn't really drop that much. But yeah, so went Harper. And then we had like 
pocket. So we had like, you know, we had all the usual suspects among the aces, Burns, Bueller, Woodruff, Scherzer knew we wouldn't get any of those, but if they did, we'd take them. Urias, we, we just, I, I, I did more digging on him. I think I previously talked about being uncomfortable and going that early. And then I did more research on him and I'm more comfortable with him going that early, except for now he's facing, he's got course field in week one, but yeah, that, but I mean, that's one start. I, I actually kind of feel the same when I did my first dive on, on him. I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to do it. And then as I got deeper in the draft season, I'm going to do it. Interesting that both closers, both Hayden and Hendricks went before your second pick. Was that a consideration for you? Or yeah, absolutely. Okay. If Urias went, then we would have taken one of the closers. Uh, preferably Hader over Hendricks since we went Hendricks yeah. in the last main. Wild to me that Hendricks went five, six picks before Hader. Usually it's the other way around. It didn't seem like it had been more that way recently. I mean, it's interesting that, uh, that Hendricks actually went first and it was like by four or five picks. Yeah, but the four or five doesn't matter because they're all hitters after that too, right? Um, yeah, that's true. But Hendricks uh, is just a, a little bit in spring training where I just thought it would be it would be almost maybe Hader won for almost everybody. You know, it almost went perfectly and perfectly. Um, that we had a list of hitters that we were okay. If the pitchers go like we they could, Giolito and Urias go, then okay. Well, that means we're either getting Albies or we're getting Devers um, yeah. or Trout even maybe. It, obviously, we didn't. Or Harper or, Trout start yeah. would have been sick, dude. Uh, but it didn't come close. Um, but you know, Giolito was like, okay, that's like our fourth choice. The was two closers he, and Urias. He's been the biggest him. biggest rise of the last ten days in the, the first couple of rounds. Is he got smacked around today too. So is. I mean, he was like late third, then middle third. Now he's like early second. He was in all fourth these in some yeah. places. I mean, it's crazy how much he. I, I know it's. I know why it is, but it's just crazy that it's moved that much. Yeah, um, it, it rhymes with ha and <laughs> ha. Yeah. When oh, yeah, okay. when when the I guess we'll call him you know one of the, one of the three or four best NFL players. Just say it. It's, it's Casey Chuck. Casey Chuck. Okay. I mean he yeah, yeah. he was taking Gilo in a lot of spots last like a week or two before the first main and event. All of a sudden the helium yeah. last weekend was great. He um, literally moved into that into that Scherzer, uh, Urias, uh, the same zone where he was last year. Yes, exactly. In other words, exactly. Um, but that was like my last choice among those. I, I you know I probably would have even gone Teoscar over. Giolito, but uh, didn't went Urias coming back. You know, we're thinking we need some speed. Man, still I, got, lo- I love how this next pick worked out. Yeah, Starling Marte went uh, Nola versus Marte would have been a tough call. If Aaron, was, Nola, Aaron Nola went one pick before me, uh, this was like but, the last draft where Marte was still a bargain, too. Like he just he moved back up to that two three turn as soon as he started playing in spring training games again. Yep, he has yep. three stolen bases already in the spring. Yes, he does. It looks like yes, he's he in looks like he's in green and gold running every time he's on uh, on the plate there. Did you think about a closer in the third round? Do you think about Iglesias or Emmanuel Classe there? Yeah. I think had things gone a certain way, I I I've been outwardly out, you know, outspoken about not being comfortable with getting Bieber where he goes. Um say if Marte went where Bieber went at three five, then I Probably would have been, I would have thought about Iglesias. Yeah. And, you know, this was one, this is the continuing theme of this draft. I thought about a closer and went elsewhere. Thought about a closer, went elsewhere. And it turns out, kept on missing all my closer targets. So, you know, it, it was, it was a continuing theme of the draft. But Marte just stood out as like a perfect fit, especially because Harper's not a statue. He's going to get you probably 10, maybe up to 15. Marte, 25 to 30. You know, you're off to a good start in stolen bases. It opens up a lot of other things for you. Yeah, um, it really does. I, I mean, I just, I that Marte pick I thought worked perfectly for you. I think so too. 
Someone in the chat is asking who to pick up as a catcher. They had Adley Rushman. I don't know your size of your league, but if you're in a 12-team league, I would grab um, Eric Haas or Sean Murphy as a guy to uh, play for a few weeks until Rushman gets called back up. Yeah, uh, and if you have to dig deeper, um, yeah, if it's, say, a 15-team league, well, good luck. Uh, Higgy yeah. Ashioka, though, would be or, my uh, Yeah, or if it's a two-catcher league, you're probably in a little bit of trouble. But if it's two-catcher league and you're really buried, uh, I like Luis Torrens, the super late catcher. That yeah, he gets drafted in most 15s, yeah. though. It's But yeah, Higgy Ashioka was available in yep. a lot of leagues. Higashioka, I always add Higa- a syllable there. Higashioka, yes. Um, so then we get to the fourth round, and I, I thought I couldn't believe this happened in your league because Matt Olson has been like going in the th- high 30s in most leagues. And this yep. is pick. What is pick? Is this like 51 or 52, something like that? Uh, it's later than that. It's like 50. 55. Yeah, 54. 54. So you got Matt Olson at 54, and that must have been like the biggest auto pick ever, right? It wasn't. That's what? the funny thing. Uh, now I'm no, it's oh no, it's not. I oh, Tyler, it. Tyler O'Neill was there too. Wow. Tyler Xander Bogarts was available. Yeah. And I was thinking about closers. Kenley Jansen was like, to me, I like him better than Romano now. The ankle is just enough, and I like him better than Presley. So I didn't want I have enough exposure to Presley in other leagues that I didn't want to have to take him there. Yeah. Well, guess what? I didn't have to. Uh, but yeah, that 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 was one where, yeah, at the same time, like. How can I let this go? Chris Bryant went one pick ahead of me. That's also a very good pick. It was either Bryant or Olsen for us, basically. It looks like uh, Webb, George Springer, Bobby Witt uh, got pushed up in ADP to push the George Susan Verlander. Keep looking in the third round. Kimbrell and Verlander. There you go. 40 and 41. I was was getting back that direction, but Kimbrell and and Verlander. You're right. There's just when you get five five guys that push up, it just someone has to push down. Your league was Olsen, O'Neill, and and Xander, and that's uh, man Olson in the fourth round. I would, I would love that. This draft was kind of a theme of taking what was given to us yeah. sometimes. So coming back around, tell me about Javier Baez. I don't know that uh, I thought you were a Javier Baez guy. It was just a he was there. Um, the latter, yeah. Because I mean, I every time I'm like, oh, I don't. I'm so worried about the batting average and the strikeouts, but then I look at the home runs and stolen bases. They're there every single year, and I kind of get back in. I, I go back and he's a tough guy for me to figure out. He, the, the the dual eligibility helps too. Uh, second sure. and short. Yeah. Uh, we noticed that we don't have a middle going into that. I wanted more speed early. Get somebody who runs that can do something else. Chisholm went two picks later. Uh, I didn't want to take Mondesi. Thought about fun pick Wander Franco a couple picks later. Decided against it. Um, I go uh, I go Baez over Chisholm, Mondesi, and Franco. Yeah. Uh, and I know you go over him over Rosarena. You've made your objections to him clear. I do. Uh, so then it's like Mark Kettle, Marte, or Tommy Edmond, who Edmond went kind of early, I thought. Marte uh, would have been the tougher call for me, but I think I probably have to go Baez. Yeah, Jorge Polanco is in that neighborhood too. Uh, but yeah, Baez, I, 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 and I like that Detroit lineup. I, I don't mind the ballpark. You know, April might be might be a little cold. It might be You might have to be patient with that. Yeah, but he was in Chicago. It's not going to be much of a difference, right? Yeah, it just well, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're accustomed to it. it just still sucks to hit in cold it weather. Does. <laughs> uh, so you got you got five rounds. You have one pitcher total. Are, are you at the point where like, all right, we need to get some yellow stickers on this board? Um, yeah. It looks like three of the next four rounds. You took Alec Manoa, Sonny Gray, who you know I love, and Scott Barlow as your first closer. Was that uh, was Barlow planned, or was it just like, oh, we need one now? We need one now. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I there's been no talk whatsoever from Mike Matheny. And that scares me because two years ago, there was no talk about Ian Kennedy and we thought he was going to be the closer and he wasn't. Uh, (laughs) And I know you always like, who else would it be? And there's always someone else, but Stallman's having a bad year, bad spring. Yep. Uh, Barlow was used like a real closer the last six weeks of the season. 
I think his skills are pretty good. I, you know, and you know, I, I kept on missing spots. I, I like, I'm not going to take Gallegos in the six over Manoa when I only have one starter. I'd rather take the starter every day. I, uh, I love Manoa. Um, I, I do too. How, um, where uh, Manoa, Montas, Darvish, Morton, like that must've been a tough call between those four though. Uh, yes, but I was hoping for two of them. And of course, oh, uh, that's yeah. true. But wow. then again, because they all went in succession and McClanahan too, who I love and Knable, who was enabled, you know, I, I know you I, love my I, seventh I, round pick. I thought you mistyped this when you put it on Twitter. I think you put seventh round Eloy Jimenez. I'm like, oh, I'm sure he messed. He meant fifth or sixth round. Yeah. Eloy Jimenez at 97 is bonkers pick. I, I couldn't believe that he was there when you, when you tweeted that. By the way, 97 is the dead max in 28 mains. And it's, I mean, it's 80, it? I didn't know 78. That. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's 97 is the max. I, I haven't seen him get anywhere near there. He's ADP 78, and I feel like he kind of gets pushed up a little bit. There's been he's he's early as a 46 in the mains. 97 is I mean that is, whew, I couldn't believe that pick. That is that is lovely. Well, it's a function of two things: the pitcher's getting pushed up and speed getting pushed up. Yeah. He doesn't do either of those two things. You notice? Look at the other picks in that round. Bregman went seven one. Abreu seven four. Corey Seager immediately after me, and I was like Jimenez or Seager. Jimenez or Seager. I like both at that spot. Oh, I like Jimenez a little bit better, so we'll go with him. Arenado, a few picks later, there that that was a that was a pretty sweet spot for hitters of his ilk. It was, that is that is really nice. Um, you obviously I love Sonny Gray where you got him. That kind of I think I feel like kind of saved you as as a third pitcher. Yeah. Um, I think that we may have murdered the ability to get Patrick Sandoval in the league because he went one twenty one in this league. That is uh the helium on Sandoval is just bonkers right it's now. It's breathtaking. He was it in is. the two hundreds, mid two hundreds. He went at then one, it was like one fifty last yeah. weekend. We're yeah. like, oh, that's early now. He went at one forty eight. My main is like, I can't believe I wasn't able to get him. He went for one twenty one. Like, I still love Patrick Sandoval. Man, does that suck a lot of the value out right there? But uh, I still think he's gonna be good. But that's that's early. You know what though? That. Gives me, I like Sonny Gray better though. So I do, I do, I do too. I fine. love Sandoval, but I'll I like take Sandoval. it. You know, I, like I, I get Gray. it. I would like to have both, but sometimes you have to have just turf and not surf. You know, you, you get one or the other, but and that's a, okay. In a 15 teamer, it's hard to get everybody you want, but uh, Gray landing right there it feels like that's like that was like the last pitcher in that tier. You look how the draft went, mm-hmm. and there was one pitcher in the net, one starter after Gray in the next like 30 picks in your league. Yeah, and it was two picks later, Nee and Anderson. Yeah. But, but then there's uh, yeah. not another there's not another starter until Scooball yep. in like late eleven. Yep. You really you getting the last guy in the tier is just is beautifully nice. But um yeah. uh this someone's asking, um I'd add Carson for Bay Bidness for asking about the catcher that I'd add Carson Kelly of that of that list. Um so you had three out of four pitchers, and then you went uh, four straight hitters. Dansby Swanson, who was pretty much a lock to be on your team no matter what. I know you would love him. Uh, Willie Adamas. And he was way below ADP, yeah, by the it's way. And, good spot. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I'm i not as big on Swanson as you, but that price, I'm fully on there. And then you got uh, you got my, uh, my cousin, uh, Josh Donaldson. I like when you draft family members. That's always good. And uh, Christian Vasquez, who I know you like as a catcher. That's a pretty good uh, four back-to-back offensive players there. Yeah. Uh, I thought – and. We knew closers were going to be a problem. You know, I wasn't going to pay 10th round price on Matt Barnes. Uh, and Kittredge went in the 10th. And we, that was like after we took dance, we were thinking about Kittredge in the 11th. Uh, but Kittredge and McGee win the 11th. We're like, okay, let's do this now. Let's acknowledge that we're going to take a slew of pitchers in the teens. We're going to take a bunch of hitters we like and just not pay up for these crappy half closers that we don't know are going to close. Um, there comes we'll miss out. Some, guys, some of these guys will close, but. 
there comes a point in the draft where you kind of have to make that determination. You kind of have to accept it. And you have to move on. You have to take all the players you want to take instead of, I wish I had done that in my first main. I took Bednar, but like I didn't know he wasn't the half closer at that point. But right. um, I sure wish I had just taken who I wanted to take, who I was going to take instead. But I think at some point you're right. You just have to acknowledge right. that you've got your one and you're going to, you're going to hope to try and, you know, throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and then take two or three specs later and, and hope one sticks or hope you get one fab. Um, I think you're right. I think that's, that's the plan to go. You either get two or you just wait because taking these middle guys is just not going to work. Yeah. And, you know, it allows me to, I got a few starters that I missed out on the week before. And I felt like I'm light on starting pitching from the, the previous week uh, from the, the Vegas main. And I don't feel that way here. Yeah. I feel like I got a lot of guys I like. You know, obviously other people like these guys too and they're taking them, but that's why you go in volume. Yep. That's why if you look, I have five yellow stickers in a span of seven picks and yeah. eight and six and a nine. And that was that was definitely by design. You went you went Wainwright, Hinjin Ryu, Josiah Gray, who you know I like, uh, Corey Kluber. Can't figure out Corey Kluber. It seems like that could be a really good price in Tampa. And then Tony Gonsolin, who I like if he can ever stay healthy. But those are like really good arms in a, in a main event. With, you know, Gonsolin and Kluber as your, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh and eighth pitcher. That's like, that's a really nice base. And and Eric Lauer in 22, I really like too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think he's underrated. Uh, I love Brewers pitching this year. You get the Reds, the Pirates, Cubs strike out a bunch. Yep. Cardinals, okay, that's not great. Um, especially with their devil magic, but, <laughs> you know. Might, that might work out, but then that's not a nice starter. Not you know, a team. That's the like, point. I, yeah, not a team. I can't face the Cardinals. Like, I mean, I think that's. The, but I don't have to. Group. Yeah, you don't that have point. to. That's that's a, that's a very good point. Like Lauer is your ninth guy. Is that's that's a really good place to be in. Michaelis is my tenth. I can use him too. I realize that you got there because you you only had one closer by that point. But I think that once you steer into it, you have to steer into correctly is the key. You can't halfway yeah. steer into it, which is which is really good. Um, so talk to me about the the closers, the the relievers you did take late. You took Hector Neris in Houston. Um, I assume that was a you know maybe the Ryan Presley velo news has something has a meaning to it. You took Ken Giles, who I think got hurt after you took him. No, he, no, he was hurt. Was he hurt? But it's twenty ninth round. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I've cut him. Yeah, I was going to um, say, right. if you have to drop him, you got to drop Wait, him. Wait, no, in this one I haven't cut him. Another league I cut him. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't do any moves in this league. Yet. You have Spencer Patton, who at that point, Joe Barlow was not closing. It was Patton or Holland, so that's that's a pretty good stat. And Holland went yeah. in the round before. I probably could have gotten – I probably should have gone Holland instead of Giles because uh, we know Giles can't pitch for a couple of weeks at least. So that was probably a mistake. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's round 29, though. You can fix that pretty easily, pretty quickly. But I assume the plan here is – You've got these two or three roster spots. You're going to churn, churn until you until you hit yep. one, hit on one. Yeah. Yep, churn, churn, churn. I think they made a song off of that. Uh, <laughs> so bad. I know. Um, Thank you. I just I, I, every draft I look at, I see Michael Brantley in the 18th round. I just love that pick too. Like it just. <sighs> Tim and I are very happy about that pick. It's just interrupted it's a just run of pitchers, but it was batting so good. average hits second for Houston, a really good team. Like he's going to as long as he sticks somewhere in the top half of the line, he's going to score a ton of runs. Um, I know everybody looks at the home runs last year and I do get that, but you know, as long as you have, and you've got, you've got, you know, Harper, Olsen, Baez, Eloy, like you've got a lot of pop. You got Donaldson. Uh, there's a lot of pop in there. It's kind of a team that, that Michael Brantley can, can fit with pretty nicely. Yeah. And there was a point there was the, the, the outfielder was starting to get picked off a little bit. Um, that was our, I think Michael, uh, Michael Brantley was our fourth, fourth outfielder. And we lost out on Charlie Blackman, Harrison Bader the round before, but we were also kind of committed to taking pitchers around then anyhow, uh, Jesus Sanchez was a big miss. I admit, I, I'm bummed that we missed on him at 17 14. 
I keep I I liked him. We talked about him, and when we talked about guys we like, I really like him. I haven't been able to hit on him yet. I just every time I I'm not taking outfielders then, or taking someone else instead. There's a lot of outfielders I do like in that range, and I have I've just missed on him a few times, and that's uh, I got two drafts left. He's someone that I'm going to make sure I, that I, I, I at least try and focus on again. But I just I like a lot of guys in that range. Um, speaking of guys in that range, um, from from week one of the main till now, I cannot believe the difference in Joe Adele's price. Yeah. Um, well, this is one thing we didn't talk about. Justin Upton was DFA during the yeah. uh, during that draft. Actually, it happened. And his friggin' twenty eight million. I can't believe that they decided to cut that. I thought they were going to give him after a homering I'm twice the day before. That's beautiful. But then again, we always talk about don't make decisions on the basis of spring training results. Look at the last three years, right? Uh, so from that standpoint, yeah, I, it's amazing that they did try to work out some other deal. Maybe they still can after the DFA because there's like a period, you know, between de- designating him and actually cutting him. But he's going to end up out there and someone's going to, he's going to sign somewhere else. Yeah, and with with NLDH, I mean, that opens up a lot. Adele didn't actually go too high in your league. He's a... Uh... His ADP in the main event is now 198. It was like 220. His ADP was like 230, 240 coming into the main events. He's gone as high as 154 after the Upton um, DFA. He's around 200 in my league. Yeah, he was actually not too bad. I took him in the, I think I took him in the 16th round in mine, 15, somewhere on there. 14th in mine, 14.6. And I don't, I mean, I think I took him 15th. I am, uh, I don't think I'm going to get him again there. I'm glad I got him in the first weekend, but he is someone that uh, is definitely flying up the board. Yeah. Post type sleeper, you know, I still, and he cut down on his strikeouts. That's the thing I like to see the most. Yeah. Um, and they cleared the runway. He and Brandon Marsh, both, I think are in good shape now. Where did, uh, where did Julio go in this league? 10th, 10th round. It just, it's staggering. We still don't have a decision yet on him. Right. And you saw, you saw his tweet yesterday, right? Yeah. That was very cryptic. Um, yeah. The tweet about staying patient. It made it seem like, Oh, maybe you guys are, maybe he's going down, but it actually say they haven't. It's weird they haven't announced it. Like the Torkelson, like they announced it. Bobby Witt, Matt Brash, his teammate, they Matt, announced. Matt Brash, you're right. That's a good point. I mean, I was like, maybe it's a Seattle thing, but kind of makes me think that they may be sending him down. They haven't announced it yet. Like you think if they were doing it, they would. I mean, he he had the inside the park home run off Emmanuel Clause. They hit a bomb today. Yeah, and a double. Kel- and then yeah. Kelnick hit one like forty feet further right after that. Ryan uh, Darvish, I think is his last name. Divish, Divish. Uh, the beat writer, uh, uh, one of the Seattle beat writers, like. Just announce it already, or something right? like that. It's just, it's very, and even the, even the, the, the color announcer on the, uh, on the, on the broadcast, like, oh, he's made, he's making the team, he's making the team on the when he hit the inside the park. Well, the run. beat writers have been cheering that yeah. on so much. It's Larry Stone's been beating that drum. Divish has like, been beating that drum. Give, um, give the people I, what I love they it. want here. But I'll say this: at least Seattle didn't miss the playoffs by one game last year. Oh wait, they did. Never mind. Um, God, they did, right? Ugh. Yeah, every game matters. Do the right thing, people. And they have a clear spot for him with Kyle Lewis hurt. Like they have a, it's not like they're pushing someone good out. Like it is a clear spot for him to play center field for them. And I don't, I, they, they've got to do it, right? I think so. I think, I think they do. Jeez, I think they're trying to figure out like maybe the roster spot. Uh, they have outfielders out coming out of their ears. That's one thing. They do have, they've got Hanniger, they've got Winker, they've got, uh, well, Kelnick, obviously. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's your starting three right now. They got to find some room for other people there too. Uh, but you know, J Rod's a better defender than Winker. Winker, just go play DH. That's fine, and yep. then they'll, they'll make the everything else work out. Yeah, uh, and every, everybody DJ DH is once a week, and Winker does it three times or something like that. Like it's it's pretty easy to work out. I don't know. It's yeah. just 
when when a guy's is electric, it would it would be such a bad look if they set him down. Yeah. Question from Great Northwest Wine: uh, Do complete results of these NFPC drafts get shared publicly? You know, industry stuff gets shared all the time. That's like total fair game. There is a thing about the NFPC where I'll post a grid from my draft, but I'll do it without the with the names cropped off because right. a lot of players are doing other subsequent drafts, right? And they don't want their stuff out there. Um, you might be able to backdoor engineer some of that stuff to figure out who it is. Of course. Um, but for me, it's fair game. So I'll, I'll, at the very least, I've tweeted out all my teams. I try to tweet boards out too. And I'm, I'm writing up my teams. I'm almost done with the article. And you'll see both grids there without the names attached. I'll say which team is mine. Out, out of fairness, I don't try I don't disclose really whatever teams are. But sometimes you, it slips out. Like I talk about, well, this guy was in this spot. Or I also I did the podcast with Maddie Wood, Maddie Davis, Brock Miller, not Brock Nelson, Brock Miller from FTN. Call him Brock Nelson. Oh, three times on the podcast. I, I, was, I set a hockey it? lineup the day like. Oh, is Brock Nelson a hockey player? Islanders, yeah. All so right. for some reason I've got this mental block, Brock <laughs> Nelson, but it's Brock Miller from FTN, Rudy Gamble from Rasball. All did the podcast with us. You know, Toby is in that. I feel like if you're providing information for some semblance of a living or at least a, an audience, then I think it's a compliment on you to share your, your team. I don't think, I think we have a duty to disclose that other people, not so much. And so I can't post a whole board. I, I don't. Cause I just, I usually just forget. I don't know if people really care to see my boards, but I don't oh, do it. To, you, I would I totally pay for you. I don't do it to be secret. I just haven't really done it. I should, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, I should do it tomorrow. I did two online championships this week, so I should, I should probably do that, but I haven't uh, really quite got that far yet. I just kind of finished my drafts and, do something else, but uh, I'm sure uh, I should probably do the same. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think that you know, you get some people who don't want it out there. I just uh, I kind of right. respect that. I don't put the, my I, I don't care about mine's out there. I talk about who I draft on the podcast. Talk about who I like. I'm never you know I never hold back about saying who I like. But the other the other question on that with the, the shares, the, the ADPs on the main event are publicly available, so you can yep. go into uh, the, you can go to the NFBC and, if, and play NFBC.com/slash/ADP, and, and then you, you can, select main event, or you can do all leagues. You can yep. do the online championship. There cut are, line if you play that i think there uh, are 900 something drafts yeah you can you can narrow the range by date so if you just want the last week you can do that yeah. the, the information you can gather there is amazing and you can even do it in grid form if yep. you want it, it, it's it's ridiculous how many how functional it really is so if you're a, a visual person you could definitely do that um, yeah someone asked about casey cha uh vlad said they actually did an interview with casey cha last year that's really interesting he talks about pretty much like crossing out 75 percent of the players before the draft starts like it's a fascinating process he's a really smart guy and a really great player um someone asked about relievers available in the league um i'll just answer that. I, I would go pick up taylor rogers in your league right now before anybody else does because that uh, he should not be a free agent um I would go pick them up right now for sure. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think I, I, I like this team. It's a uh, interesting, I think it's all a kind of, if you can figure out that second closer, if you fall into yeah. the closer, uh, this team comes together really, really nicely. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, and yeah. It, and I think at every, every draft thing, draft pick you make is a decision. It's a choice. You're almost always going to miss some spot. Yeah. So I think you have to have some awareness of it. Um, and you have to realize the consequences of every pick. If you know you're passing up on Kenley to take Matt Olson, well, okay, you're not going to get that first-year closer that you're comfortable with. You may get a closer that you're willing to push up. Maybe it is a Roldis Chapman. I don't know. In, in my case, I don't even think a Roldis – was a Roldis available in the fifth? No, he was gone too. So He was gone early, 5-2, yeah. 5-2. I mean, and so then after that, it's like, okay, 
do I push up the next tier? Do I make sure that I go out and get Gallegos or Knable? No. Do I push up Taylor Rogers instead of Eli? No, I don't. And that, that's the choice you make. And I made the choice. I had two onlines this, this weekend. And I, one of them, I was like, I'm going to take two closers. And I did it that way. And it was kind of nice to just not think about it again. But I look at my other team like, oh, my God, this team is so freaking stacked early on because I didn't take closers. And then right. I took Romano in the seventh and kind of nobody else. So it's just uh, it's just it's just it's a choice of what you got to do. I mean, I started uh, Bichette, Betts, Urias, Nola, Springer, O'Neal in that league without taking closers. And it's just an absurdly fun front six, but then you've just, yep. you got to figure out the save. So it's a, it's kind of a choice in my, in my league one today. I took, uh, I took hater and, and class a, so I kind of mix it up. Well, and the other one, I took Hendricks in the second round. Yeah. And so you know, I, when you take someone in the second round, you're giving up something to hell. Like I passed on Urias in that one. Yeah. There. I got, I went Hendricks and Jordan Alvarez, which I'm thrilled with that too, but you know, it, you know, it means I didn't start to have a starting pitch until the fifth round. So I, there uh, you go. I freaking love Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. I know you took him too. I think uh, I think it's going to be top five MVP ish kind of uh, kind of stuff this year. Yeah. Oh, there's a there's some KC Chow. Apparently, KC Chow went heavy pitcher tonight in the in the main event. And fr- our friend friend of the show Paul Spore tweets it out. Went six pitchers from the one after Turner. That's that's fun. Uh, that, that's Dalton esque. Yeah. Dalton Del Don esque. Uh, yeah. Dalton went crazy with the pitchers, and it worked to great success last year. It uh, it certainly did. So, all right, we've gone a little bit longer. Kind of figured we would tonight. It was just a lot of stuff yeah. to talk about. We've uh, Jeff. We're going to talk next Sunday. We're going to actually actual regular season games to talk about. How uh, how fun is that? I know, and a slew of bids to talk about too. Yeah, uh, I mean, got, we're going to talk about the A's sweeping the Phillies and how maybe this, maybe that, maybe Billy Bean and all them know what they're doing. Like it's going to be a really interesting discussion. Next Shock time. the world. Yep. Oh, it's going to be oof, those pitchers against. I, I like. I'd like to get some Phillies hitters in this week. Yeah. There you go. After after Montas, if he's on the team next weekend, we've uh, we've got nobody to pitch. Paul Blackburn's going to make the rotation, and Paul Blackburn's not good at pitching. No, and Dalton Jeffries has thrown like twelve innings in his professional career. Yep. Uh, could be good. We don't know. Yeah, and maybe we might get some Adam Aller as the uh, as the fifth starter. One of the guys they got in uh, in the Chapman trade. Uh, I think it was the Chapman trade. Maybe it was the Olsen trade. I can't. I can't keep him straight anymore. But or was it the Bassett trade? Might have been. Oh, you're right. It was for the Mets. It was him and JT Ginn. Right? Is that the is that the Bassett trade? Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a mess, and uh, I don't. And Cole Irvin apparently went to drive line and is throwing harder, but uh, yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. I, it's gonna be. It, it just bumps up his trade value. That's pretty awesome. All I've got to say is thank goodness for fantasy baseball this year because it's going to be uh, it's going to save my baseball Amen, brother. in a big, big freaking way. You and me both. You and me both. Looking forward to it. I have a I have my second main event on Wednesday night, so I'm looking uh, looking forward to that. I pick it from the 11 spot, so. Uh, very different than I was the first uh, first time, which can be good, but I'm going to have to figure out and map that one out too. You're looking forward to breaking that down with you next Sunday too. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about then too. So thanks everybody for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. As always, we appreciate it. We appreciate all the chat in the uh, in the chat room today. It was fun to see all the comments. Always fun to see people listening uh, live as we're going along here. Obviously, it'll be downloadable in uh, audio uh, podcast format here pretty quick. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to WinBet for their sponsorship on the podcast all year long. Other than that, if you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jenstead. Uh, we'll be talking a lot of baseball over here the next four days. We kind of start thinking about lineups and how uh, how starting rotations come out. All kinds of, there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about the next few days. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks for listening and have a uh, good, uh, good, uh, good Sunday night. Good Monday morning. Take care.